Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Lindsay Gowan Show. Today's guest is my Aunt Jenny, Jennifer McCollum. I am so excited to have her on. I've convinced her to come on and share her story. As I said on the first episode, my mom has some awesome sisters who are all very entrepreneurial. So we'll really get to dig into her story today. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for having me here. Um, I think it was more me begging to come on to this show because it is awesome and you are awesome. So, uh, as Lindsay said, I'm Jennifer McCollum. I'm a business coach for parent coaches and even more so, I'm the luckiest aunt in the world. Yeah, I really am. I mean, I get to watch Lindsay do her thing and I'm just honored to be here. Thanks for inviting me here, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, awesome. So what have you created? I know that um, your business has really evolved over the years and you've got to niche down as we'll hear that you talk to your clients about and how did you do that? Where did you start? Let's start there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well, I've been in business for about 20 years and um, my first baby was born just over 22 years ago. So I guess that's kind of where the idea started, although um, I've always really wanted to have my own business and, and yeah. do my own thing. But after my first was born, I got home from the hospital and had a lot of struggles with parenting and realized, you know, I had all this education and all these skills and I had no idea how to parent. <laughs> and so my business really started out of need. That I needed resources and I needed to know who to call when I needed support, and I didn't have that. And at the time, you know, 22 years ago, they sent me home from the hospital with a huge bag, a bag of pamphlets and flyers, and you could never find like the right resources and the right phone number to call. So, so I put together some resources. That's how my business started. Was just that need. I needed something, and I wanted to solve my own problem, and um, and that's what I did. And then. I called up the hospitals and asked them if they would hand out this pamphlet to other new parents so that they didn't have to get home and struggle with all of the things of parenting. And they did. So it was wonderful. They um, agreed to hand this pamphlet out, which ended up to be a 100-page book the first year. And so for about 18 years, I printed these books and they went through the hospitals to every new parent. Uh, they went through public health and midwives. Um, all over the place and then uh, when my kids entered school the same issues came up so the same things like I know nothing again about parenting school-age kids and so I started creating a book for parents of school-age kids and so it just kind of went from there and at the peak we were printing 90,000 books a year and they were going out to hospitals and schools and um, yeah so that's how it started Definitely has pivoted a lot yeah. since then. Um, I remember those days uh, with the book and the contest for who's going to be on the cover and getting the books, and that was so awesome. And then where did it go from there? Yeah, it was a great business for about 18 years, and I kind of saw the writing on the wall that we weren't always going to be printing books. And of course, when I started, Google wasn't around. So, you know, you just can go online and search for things. So the way that parents were finding information had changed as well. Here's what didn't change, though, is the amount of support that parents needed. Yeah. So 
So it was really fun to just kind of explore, where do I fit now? I still want to run my own business. Um, I still want to help parents. I knew that was my passion. And I really have learned a lot about business along the way. So how can I, can I kind of pivot to keep doing that? And it's interesting because it didn't all, you know, when you think about looking at where someone is now, you think, wow, they just, they knew what they were doing, yeah. did it, and it all fit together in the You don't see the struggles. Yeah, you definitely don't. And there's a lot of, you know, kind of pivoting, adjusting, um, looking at what was needed, figuring out, like, number one, what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people miss, is, like, they go for something that's going to make them a lot of money. Or they just try and solve a problem, but they're not really passionate about it. And so I really had to dig deep and I took some time and, and tried a few things to figure out where I'm most passionate, where I can help and serve because, you know, ultimately we want to make a difference and we want to serve and we want to do, you know, good things in the world. And, and what really was like, needed out there in the marketplace. So at the same time, <laughs> so this is now like fast forward 18 years of putting these books. At the same time, um, and I should back up a tiny bit okay. and tell you I've got four kids. My oldest, I told you already, is 22. I have a 19-year-old and a twin 15-year-old boys. So all of them a few years ago in that teenage space or young adult, um, yeah, it's not. They are probably the best kids in the world and awesome. But there's lots of things with parenting that you need to navigate. You know, you need to go from that, I'm controlling everything that my kids do and see and eat and people they see and everything, to go from they're now independent, capable adults and they don't need me as much. That's a big shift for parents. <laughs> That's like going from all the control to no control whatsoever. Yeah. So I definitely struggled through that time. Me, myself, my kids are awesome, but me, myself, I struggled through the normal teenage stuff. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I um, started looking for support. Again, um, always number one, like how can I show up to be the best parent that I can be for my kids? How can I, you know, be true to myself and not lose my stuff? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like do, do the best I can. Um, so I started reaching out to parent coaches and therapists, and I can explain the difference after if you want, like between therapy and parent coaching, but I started reaching out, um, getting some support in both areas, and really saw the value that parent coaches provide to parents. And this can be at all stages mm-hmm. of their life, so it's not just when you have teenagers. I mean, I definitely could have used a parent coach when I first had kids. And For I think sure. instead of putting the book together, I would have just reached out to the professionals, you know, helping. So that's kind of how um, I got to the point where I realized the value of parent coaching. Um, and then I identified what I really, really was passionate about, and that was business. And through, you know, some, some pivoting and adjusting, I found my place, which was becoming a business coach for parent coaches. That's amazing. That is so niche. Like, yeah, that's awesome. 
And it's interesting that you say niche because um, the work that I do is helping parent coaches embrace their niche so that they can uh, they can reach their their ideal client, the people that really need them, yeah. instantly. It's amazing. Instead of guessing like how do you help me? How can you support me? If I have a child with ADHD and you're a parent coach that focuses on supporting parents of children with ADHD, I'm going to work with you. Yeah. So that's that's, that's yeah. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch people embrace a niche and stay in that. For sure. And I guess for niching, like it becomes a little um, nerve wracking because when you think that you're going so small and your target audience, you're really narrowing that. But when you get there, that's like, you unlock so much. Do you want to talk to us about why niching is so important? Yeah, well, I can talk to you first of all about my experience and then yeah. about the parent coaches I work with. So with me specifically, um, you know, when I started doing that pivoting and adjusting to figure out what lights me up, what gets me to jump out of bed in the morning, so excited about my work that I can't wait to like solve problems and serve my audience. Um, and it was really business coaching. Mm -hmm. And then I tried that for a while. So I, you know, throughout actually my whole 20 years in business, I've mentored and coached many, many businesses. But once I became and labeled my business coaching as only for parent coaches, I instantly got calls. And I, and I, I want to say double my business, but I know I more than doubled my business. Because if you're a parent coach and you want to grow your business, you know to work with you. you and there's not a lot of people in that industry, so. No. And there isn't. And even if there was, you know what? Yeah. That's great. There's a lot of parent coaches that need yeah. support. Um, but the amount of business that I get now is incredible. I can talk to someone and they instantly, you know, there's a lot of other things that I go through and how I can support them. Um, but it's almost like a brainer for them, like, you get me, you know what I do, and you have a plan in place to support me, you're hired. And your passion for that really shines through too, to help them, and I think that that also gets them pretty inspired as well, yeah. that you've been in that parent coaching place, and then you can help them through that as well, because it comes from what you know, what you work through, which is awesome. It is really cool, and now to talk to the other side of it, like the pair coaches that I work with that are embracing the niche. Um, I just had a, a wonderful testimony of a woman that had not had business for years, and she hired me as her coach. And that's a big step. If you're not having, you know, you don't have any business, it's a big step to hire a business coach. For sure. Um, I have a business coach. I think everyone should have a business coach because it is the best step to have someone hold you accountable and know how to get you where you want to be quicker. Yes, exactly. She just posted that she had her best month ever. ever. That's amazing. Because of the coaching that we did together. It was this clarity. It was this, like, she's reaching her ideal client. It's so beautiful. I mean, that lights me up. For sure. Like, forget everything else. It's like, if I can just see people reaching their goals and getting, like, doing the work they love, and not having to like spin their wheels day and night to try and figure it out. They have a plan in place. Their marketing reaches their ideal client, and they get paid for it. Like, <laughs> they <go> there. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome.
um, my Aunt Jenny here, she has helped me with my website, which I still need to <laughs> launch. But through that, really asking me questions on how I um, find my client avatar. And that is so important. Like it totally unlocked who I want to work with and has attracted those people to me. Do you want to talk a little bit about branding and finding your client avatar as well? Yeah, sure. So I think the best thing, so when you work with me and and we did this with, with Lindsay, which is great, but there's a long process to kind of figuring out what you're passionate about, what you're skilled at, like what are some gaps in the industry, what can make you really stand out, mm-hmm. right? What can make you, what can set you apart from all the others? So, in light of our short time together, yeah. I want to just give everyone a short, like condensed version of that and three things to think about. Okay. So much value, here we go. Okay, so grab a pen and paper. Yes. Um, and draw three circles, so kind of like a target. So inside the smallest circle in the middle is going to be your niche. And the outer is going to be your um, target audience. So for that larger circle, target audience, the next circle is going to be your ideal client. And in the middle is the sweet spot, is your niche. So if you're looking at, let's talk about real estate. Can we talk about what we did with you then? For sure. So we started with Lindsay's ideal, not ideal client, target audience. Yeah. So Lindsay, tell us then your target audience. So primarily I want to work with investors because that's really what I know and um, that's my passion. Like I through real estate have totally changed my life through investing, so that is who I want to target. Awesome. Okay, so that's pretty broad, yes. right? Yep. Target audience is who I want to work with. Like, what group of people, for the parent coaches I work with, it's like, well, parents of newborns. Yeah. Like, works out you what we're talking about. Yeah. You do. Okay, so then you have your target audience. Now what you want to do is you want to take that target audience because that's really broad. Yeah. And if you were to go and pay for advertising right now and mark all your marketing, you're gonna try and reach everyone. Yeah. And going back to you know what you said, like you don't want to give up some business, but actually the opposite happens when you niche down. You're that big fish in a small pond instead of a small fish in a big pond. I'm sure you've heard that yeah. before, but. Okay, so the next step then, Lindsay, is we talked about your ideal client. So from that target audience, that big circle, let's take it in and let's look at your ideal client. And with my business, I do a lot of work on getting you to define your ideal client to the T. Like, so detailed that if they're listening to podcasts, exactly what podcasts are they listening to? If they're reading books, what books are they reading? Where are they shopping? What are some of those internal, like, limiting beliefs, maybe? What are they telling themselves? What are the problems that they have? Like, and listing them all and, and just, like, kind of mind map. So if you've got your paper still out, write ideal client on another piece of paper and write down everything you know about your ideal client. So let's talk about what that looked like for you then. So it was um, someone getting started in real estate. Um, 
and not knowing where to start. There's a lot of information out there. There's uh, a lot of different ways you can go. It's also a struggle to just buy your first property. You hear about prices climbing. You should have bought yesterday. You should have bought a year ago. You should have bought two years ago. Everyone kind of has that same feeling when they're getting started. So it's someone at the beginning of their journey um, and needing that clarity. And then I think you had said, and they don't really have a lot of money, right? Right. Yeah. So young investors yeah. want to get started, don't know yeah. how to do it, and don't have the money. Yes. Yeah. Then with your ideal client, what I want you to do is give that person a name. So you can make up a name if yeah. you want, but what I really want everyone to do is to give that person a name, like really give that person a name, a personality. So that when you are thinking about marketing, you are always marketing to that one person. Right. And maybe that one person was you. So like think about you starting yes. out years ago mm-hmm. and how you now are, you know, killing it really <laughs> in the real estate investing world. Um, so so give that person a name. Let's give that person a fictitious name. Let's say Brittany. Brittany, okay. So Brittany's your ideal client. And Brittany is a young investor, wants to get into real estate, not sure how to, and doesn't have the money. Right. Okay. Or she's had some struggles, like uh, only approved. She's a single girl, maybe, uh, trying to get pre-approved on her own. And um, yeah, it's, it's hard even if you have good income to get approved for something that you can actually afford in this market. So yeah. that's awesome. And that speaks to the problem. So now we're getting down to the last one. <laughs> And that's your niche. So what problem do you solve for Brittany? I think of more creative ways that you can um, get your first property. So maybe you didn't, like your friend is also struggling and has the same problem. Maybe you can buy a property together that you never thought and sharing the equity. And then from there, it only gets easier because once you get in, you build up some equity, then you're on to your next property, you're on to the exponential growth. So for my first condo, I bought for 104,000, sold for 186 a year later, which like for me, I haven't ever seen that much money come into my bank account. And from there, I bought a larger property. I didn't go out and I didn't go shopping. I didn't go on a shopping spree. I did for my renovations of my property, which added value. But um, yeah, definitely to, where they can kind of get more creative and um, get started. Okay, awesome. So that's perfect. So that's a a big problem that you solve. So your niche is really like, what problem do I solve for my ideal client? So what problem do you solve for Brittany? And then from that, um, the next thing you want to do is you want to put together what I call a clarity statement. Lots of other people call it that too. So kind of that statement that as soon as they go to your website, they see exactly what problem you solve for them. Yes. You know, you put Brittany's name in there. Yeah. But you're going to say, what, tell me what your, your clarity statement is now um, on your website. Okay. I started with $8,000 and turned it into a multi-million dollar portfolio. Yes. Yeah. That's Four years. That's a, like, exclamation, <laughs> exclamation. And how I'm going to show you how to do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I help first-time investors who think that they don't have the ability to purchase property, blame the 
gain some clarity on how they can get their first property. Yeah. And so can you imagine now, like, that's the whole exercise. And it, uh, it's not going to come to come to you right away. And I think, you know, I often say I get my best ideas in the shower. So go have a shower <laughs> and think about it. Think about who you want to serve. Look at the niche in your shower. <laughs> in your shower. Okay. Or go to a walk, go to the beach, go somewhere and just... Give yourself some, some space and yeah. grace and, and figure out like what really, because you shine in this area. This is your niche because you absolutely shine and it's so impressive to watch you build your business, loving every second of it and loving your clients. Like that's the thing. You can make money doing anything, I know you can, yeah. but when you are doing something that you're so incredibly passionate about, it is, it's, it like zooms out of you like, it, and I can't, I just love being an actor because you remind me that passion is where you need to start and your ideal client will find you once you're clear. So you've got your clarity statements on your niche. Um, I should also say too, if people are listening and they've got like a product, right? Yeah. Um, it's a little bit different, that exercise. If you're creating like a t-shirt, you kind of want to know who that is. So sometimes you can start with your target target audience and you can kind of like throw things out there. What do they need? Try to figure it out. Try to figure out who my ideal client is. Sometimes that is where you, you can start when yep. you're in a service-based industry. But if you have a product, you might want to get more defined on your niche before you start manufacturing. <laughs> so I just wanted to say that because, you know, we're in like service-based businesses. Um, but that it kind of applies yeah, across the board. It, it does, but, but yeah, we can kind of throw them, some things out there. We can say, do they need help with, um, you know, this or that? We can try some things. Yeah. We can try them out on their social media and their messaging. So the difference if you have a product to sell, you kind of figure that out before you start. Yeah, fashion, so I just wanted to say that. But, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so through all of your businesses and everything like that, I know entrepreneurship isn't easy and it hasn't been over the years. What um, kept you persisting? Like, I think that you have a very strong why and why you've done that, but why did you keep going? Like, a lot of people can get paralyzed. And, like, I think when you're, like, the books print wasn't as popular, a lot of people, that would just paralyze them and they're like, okay, my business is done, I'm done. But what can you going and evolving and adapting? Oh, that's, that's a big, <laughs> <laughs> what did, what did? It was like, just being able to persevere, I guess, and, and figure things out and just be kind to myself. Yeah. So when one business was kind of slowing down, realizing like, hey, smarts, have the capability and trying some things out and not putting so much pressure. You know, I see a lot of times when people go into business, they have this like desperation. Yeah. Oh, it's got to work. Mm-hmm. It's got to work and if it doesn't, I'm a failure. And so the number one thing is like get rid of the desperation and give yourself that, that grace, right? Go for a walk, shower, whatever it is. Give yourself time to figure out what you want. Life is short. Don't spend your time doing stuff you don't want to do and working with people that don't light you up. Like, gosh, I could work with you every day. That would be awesome. Let's say, like, surround yourself with the people that are going to keep you going. So 
first of all, like not coming from a place of desperation, knowing that it's you're gonna get there, and don't compare yourself to people that are way ahead because there's always gonna be people way ahead, but there's also people behind. And you just focus on you. Surround yourself with people. So we, I joined a mastermind, and then we had a mastermind every week as well, and, and I took courses and training, and I surrounded myself with people that were in the same place of maybe we're pivoting, maybe we're starting out in the business, but we want to be inspired, we want to find inspiration, and we want to support other people. So I think in my earlier days of business, it was a lot of that competition. A lot of that, like, I'm not going to share ideas. Mm -hmm. Keep it all. <laughs> move away from that. People, yeah. You can move away from that. Move away from it. It's all about collaboration. There is enough work in the world for everyone in every niche. Every for sure. niche. For sure. I heard a good quote. Um, it's, if there's not enough pie, we'll make some more. Yeah. So, collaboration over competition every day. Yeah. There's some amazing points. And maybe people want to eat cake. Yeah. So forget the pie and cake. Make your own cake. Yeah. I love that chocolate face. Yeah. Oh, no. The other thing I wanted to say about persistence um, and just not giving up is that at one point in my business, I stopped listening to what I was telling myself. Maybe that doesn't make sense. Does that make sense? I stopped listening to the voices in my head saying I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not qualified enough, who's going to listen to me? I stopped listening to her. Yeah. She's off of her business. <laughs> Get her out of your yeah. head. She's going to always be in your head. So stop listening to what your brain is telling you, what you're telling yourself. You start telling yourself what you want to hear. You know? I am fully capable of being successful at whatever I do. Like, start telling yourself. When you get up every Monday morning, and, like, maybe this is no secret, maybe it is, everyone struggles with these limiting things. Everybody. I don't know anyone at any level of success that doesn't have a voice in their head telling them they're not good enough. Someone's further ahead. They're not smart enough. They're not tall enough, short enough, qualified enough. You know, they whatever they're telling themselves. Everybody has it. So start telling yourself and listening to yourself. Like, listen to what you want yourself to know. Yes. And think about that as Stop like, listening to those limiting beliefs. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, that, that can paralyze you. That can shut you right down and yeah. say, yeah, you're right. I'm not good enough. I'm not going to pick up the phone. I'm not going to go on a Zoom call. I'm not going to, you know. Yeah. Do what I need to do to move my business forward. Yeah. I love that. So many good points. What is the biggest lesson you have learned in business? I've learned a lot of lessons, and I've learned them through mistakes. Yes. So I, you know, I've read a number of books <laughs> on mistakes that I've made. It's so fun though because you have to make those mistakes. Um, I think the biggest lesson is to surround yourself with the right people. You know, get, surround yourself with people. Like honestly. you. <laughs> but surround yourself with people that are going to support you and help you get to where you want to go. So whether it's someone that's just ahead of you 
Um, here's what I find value in. I find value in, in surrounding myself with people that are just ahead of me and also just behind me and lifting them up and helping lift them to where we can all move forward. So I think the biggest lesson is just find the people that can keep you moving forward. I love that. And you can tell how lucky I am to get to do these masterminds with my aunts every Thursday night, well, before COVID, but we'll get back there. And how much that has influenced me as well and into my entrepreneurship. The, strong women in business like that's who I got to surround myself with and I attribute that a lot to my success is those strong female role models so I am so thankful that you have come on today and shared so much knowledge and um, yeah I, I get to keep hearing all of it from you but thank you for sharing with my um, viewers well, thank you for having me here, Lindsay, for viewers and listeners. But Lindsay, you are the one that is the inspiration. So I want you to remember that. We want to surround ourselves with you. You have so much passion for what you do. And bottom line is you serve your clients. And that's what we all need to remember, I think, from you, is your number one focus on solving their problems and serving them. And that's great inspiration for me. So thank you. I love you and thank you so much for coming on.